I see nowhere in the scripture, and I heard this in a song the other day, uh, when Jesus was crucified on a cross, did he have to um, take up for himself? When, when Pontius Pilate came up to him and, and said, I have the power to crucify you, did it shake him? No. But if we go to the place of the promise, which is the word of God, and we stay in the promise, uh, promises of God, standing in the promises of God, leaning on Jesus and standing upright before him, that is the place of the promise. So my question is, why then is fighting part of my job? Then, then over in Psalm 46, 10, it says, Be still and know that I am God, and I will be exalted among the heathen, and I will be exalted upon the earth. So we find scriptures here to hide the word of God in our heart that we not sin against him. And then we find scriptures that he is fighting for me. He is fighting for you. And then we find scriptures where he says to be still and know that I am God. Church, I don't know about you, but one thing that I'm learning is that I have to be still. Have you ever been around people that just never shut up, but they talk all the time? And never say anything. I mean, never say anything. It's like, yep, 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 yep. I know I can talk, and Lindsay can talk. We're talkers, and I know that we can talk. But, but let me tell you something. When you get around a man of God, when you get around a man of God, and I have some great men of God that I center my life around, let me tell you something. I shut up and listen because I want to hear from the man of God. I heard Lester Summerall say this morning when he first met Smith Wigglesworth, Years ago, he said that he, he said Smith Wigglesworth would not let you take a newspaper into his home because he wanted no negativity with inside of his four walls of his home, only the Word of God. But only to get around Smith Wigglesworth. Now, I knew a descendant of Smith, Smith Wigglesworth, a, a peculiar man he was, and, and I just, when I got around him, I just listened. It is the promises. Of God. So we need to be still and know that I am God. You, is there something in your life today that you need to be still and know that He is God? Know that He has everything under control. What amazes me is that when we pray, we're telling God what to do like He needs our answers. Like He needs our help to tell Him what to do. God, we need you to do this. We need you to do that. We need you to take care of this. We need you to fix that. And all this kind of stuff. And then we tell Him how to do it. It's amazing to me. That, you know, when we get back in the, in, in the prayer room, in the green room, I call it, we get back there. And, and I said, okay. I said, let's gather around and tell God what to do with the service. See, God doesn't, doesn't need our help. He doesn't need our help in our finances. He doesn't need our help in our health. He doesn't need our help in anything because he's God. What he tells you and me to do is to be still. What he tells me to do and you to do is that I will fight my battle. Be still. Now, I believe that you don't have to scream and shout to, to see a demon released. You don't have to scream at a demon for it to leave. Do we think that, and, and I, when I pray for people, I get into it. And, and the thing about it is, and sometimes you, you come across, you, 
your horse when you're done. But, but one thing that... All you have to do is know who you are in Christ and know that those demons will subject themselves to the authority of Jesus Christ within inside of you. And we can be still while we're doing that. And we can just say, be gone in Jesus' name, and it has to go. We don't have to pray two or three times for it to leave. All we have to do is say, be gone. My son asked me that one time. He said, Dad, why do you pray three or four times when the first time should do it? I'm just trying to get you to think today about the promises of God. What we need to do is give up control in our lives. Oh, that hurts, doesn't it? For us to give up control of our lives and let God, let, get, uh, uh, not allow our, our own flesh to take control. Yes, you have to go to the grocery store and you have to put gas in your car and you have to do <coughs> all these things. But one thing that we have to do is we have to let go and let God. And what does that mean? That means allowing Him to run your life. He has to run your life. You cannot be in control of your life. And you want to move when God says move. You want to do when God says do. You want to commit when God says commit. <coughs> do you know anybody that's controlling? I've been accused of that, but I, I really don't feel. People that have worked, people say this. They, people have said this to me. They said, um, you, you know, I don't ever, I don't think I've ever said they work for me. I think that is so arrogant. They work for me. I, I, I think that's very arrogant for people to say that. Um, I say I work with that person. I work with that person. That person works with me. And, and, and somebody said one time, they said uh, that, that working with John Fowler, I, I worked with him. I did not work for him. And, and see, it's a partnership, but we have to allow Jesus we have to allow the Holy Spirit to, to move in our lives and work with us and to use us and to, to keep us in, in a straight and balanced place and quit goofing. Let me tell you something. People that are here, people that are watching online, let me tell you something. What is it going to take for you to get it together? What is it going to take? We tell God what to do all the time. Because we think we know it better than Him. It's amazing. Did we think that we, we know it better than God? God, I need this job that pays this amount, or I need this to, to work with that, and I need this, and I've got to do this, and I've got to do that. And what if that's not what God wants? We have to be obedient to the kingdom of God. We have to be obedient to the Lord. Now, I'm telling you, and I want you to understand something today, church, that, that God does not want us, there's nothing in the Scripture that says God wants us to lay down. There's nothing in the Scripture that God says for us to, to quit. There's nothing in the Bible that says anything about, about quitting. One thing that we have to understand, though, is that He tells us to stand. Let me give you another promise. Let me, let me give you another promise. In James chapter 4, verse 7, it says, Submit yourself then to God, resist the devil, and then he will flee from you. We, it, 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 this is three parts. Uh, we have to submit 
ourselves then to God. Resist the devil, and then he will flee from you. When you submit yourself to God, you are giving up your authority of yourself and allowing God to have his way. You are, you are allowing God to say, okay, God, I'm allowing you. I want you to take over my life. I want you to have your way. I want you to do what you want to do in my life. I don't care. People say many times, they say, I'll do anything that God wants me to do, but don't send me to Africa. When we submit ourselves, that means we're submitting our flesh. That means we're submitting our, our uh, emotions. That means we're submitting uh, what we want. Let me tell you something. I never found in the Word of God where it says that I could have what I want when it comes to, uh, when it comes to my attitude or, or to kick and scream like a baby and to, and to try to manipulate my way through something. We have to be so careful in allowing God to have his way, but yet we have to stand on his promises. Then he says, resist the devil, and then he will flee from you. Well, do you believe that? You say, well, the devil's been on my back all week. Really, you're that important that the devil himself, himself, that can only be in one place at one time, is on your back and nobody else's. We don't deal with the devil. We deal with the demons, the principalities and the powers and rulers of darkness who the devil is in charge of. But you can't be afraid of any principality or power or ruler of darkness. Oh, I hope it's helping you today. Submit yourself then to God. Resist the devil, and then he will flee from you. If the devil doesn't flee from you, then I would guess that we are not submitting ourselves to God. Because that's what it says. Does it not say that if you resist the devil, then he will flee from you? So, so if you resist him, that, what does that mean to resist? That means to push back. That means to not play his game, to not do his thing. Because let me tell you something. If you continue to play in his, in his territory, you're going to get burned. You're going to die. You're going to go to hell. And, and, and nobody's going to pull you out. It's the promises and the promise of God has expectations. I have expectations with the promise of God, knowing that he's going to meet every need, knowing that he's going to fulfill the calling within inside of me. I have expectations to know that he's moving in my life. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Here's the question today. Look at yourself right now inside and say, do you have hope? And do you have a future? And what does that future hold? So not only there are promises and there are plans in the promises. There are plans and, and there are promises in the place 
where God wants to take you. So if you aren't prospering, and if you're not doing all that you're supposed to do, then this scripture falls in line of Malachi chapter 3, verse 11. It says, And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, and he shall not destroy the fruit of your ground, neither shall your vine cast your fruit before the time of the field, saith the Lord. It doesn't say anything about you rebuking your devourer. He says he will rebuke the devourer. If we give, let me tell you something. If we give, there is a promise that he is going to give back in return. And then if it's not happening, if you're not getting that return, you have to dissect down with inside of your life and find out why. Because if we're standing on the word of God, I take that literal that he will rebuke the devourer for my sake. I asked myself that question. I said, why do people struggle financially? Why do people have to struggle financially? You know, why do people struggle that are Christians? Why do they struggle? And, and are tithers. And are tithers. And, and people that are given. I'm not talking about people that, that mooch off the church for free. I'm talking about true tithers. People that give. Because he said that he would rebuke the devourer, but it's like, why do people still struggle? What the enemy wants to do in your life is get you so tied up in your finances that it takes you off of your mission of what God wants you to do. It's exactly what it is. And, and he, will get, he will try to starve you out. He will try to, he's tried to starve me out. He's tried to starve you out. He's tried to starve our, <clears throat> our church out. And let me tell you something. What we have to do is stand on the promises. We have to go to the place of the promise. And that is the word of God. And stand on the word and say, no, no. We have to say, no, no. This is not the will of God. It's not the will of God. Church, oh, help me right here. It's not the will of God that you struggle financially. It's not the will of God. Because, he says, to cast his cares upon him. There's another one. That's not even in the notes today. Cast your cares upon him. What's he say? All, all those that are heavy laden, I will give you rest. Church, would we have ulcers? Would we have high blood pressure? Would we have anxiety attacks? Would we have all these things? If we could really learn to depend on Him. We want to take control. And we only want to give God control when we think we're done and we can't do it. As long as I can do it, Sam. As long as I can do it, then I won't need God's help. But when, when I can't pay the bill, when I can't do this, I can't do that, then I'll turn on God. Let me tell you something. He wants you to turn on Him when you can pay the bill. He wants you to work with Him when you can and when you have surplus. I encourage you today, and I'm preaching to the choir here, that says that God wants us to prosper. You say, well, what's wrong with me if I'm struggling financially? Satan is trying and his demons are trying to destroy the storehouse that he has laid up in front of you. And what does the Bible say? 
stand. What are you standing on? The Word. You quote the Word. You quote the Word of God. You say, no, no, this is what the Word of God says. Because you have to understand, God has a plan for your life, but also the enemy has a plan for your life. And let me tell you something. There is a, there is a battle in the heavenlies for you. I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. Hallelujah. So would you agree that that's a promise? In Mark chapter eleven twenty four, 24, he says, Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you will receive it and it will be yours. That's the word of God. That's the word of God. Now, you know, I always run a, run a disclaimer with that one over in James because he says, we have not because we ask not, but then we ask because we ask amiss, and which means that we're asking ignorantly and we've got to be careful how we do that. But let me tell you something. We have to stand on the promise. Because he says, now here's the thing. You can't complicate this scripture. And I know some of us would try to. Therefore, I say unto you, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them. If a person, understand something here, if a person is maturing in their walk with Jesus, if a person is maturing in their relationship with Jesus, understand that we are not going to ask for crazy things. We're not going to ask for them. But the word of God also says, test me and to try me. He's faithful. Our God is faithful. You say, well, what happens when I, I do Pray for things and they don't happen. When you believe down deep in your toenails that God is going to do something and it doesn't happen. Church, Pastor Wright told me one time, he said there are some things. Davy Joe Hissom, he was talking about Davy Joe Hissom. I don't know, some of you all probably remember Davy Joe Hissom. Davy Joe had a, uh, had a, strive, a thriving church in Charleston up on Oakwood Road called New Life Mountain thriving church he had a shoe store on the west side of charleston that he shut down actually uh, he had a tv program and mom took a christmas tree down to him for his very first christmas tree that he had and it was on tv and all this kind of stuff but anyway and, and he had a thriving ministry went to look at a piece of uh, went to look at a model of a church and, and was killed in an airplane crash Pastor Wright and I talked about that one day. And he brought it up. He said, you know, it's like David Joe. He said, some things you just got to put on a shelf and leave it there. Because you don't have an answer. Sometimes, church, I don't have an answer. I've preached funerals of babies. I don't have an answer. I, I've preached funeral of young people uh, that have kids and thriving. And I don't, I, I don't have any answers. There's sometimes you don't have any answers. But all you can do is stand on the word of God. He's God. He can do what he wants to. But all he's asking you and me is to stand on the promises and allow him to fight our battles.
In Philippians chapter 4, 19, it says this, And my God will meet all your needs according to his riches and glory through Christ Jesus. One, one interpretation says he will meet all your need according to his riches right here in the King James Version. It's on the screen. He will meet all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. See, Jesus is the need meter. He is the one who can, who can meet the need. He is the one that... We have to understand something. And Christy and I went the other day to see... Um, uh, what's the name of that movie you went to see? The Avengers. Went to see The, the Avengers. Uh, I, 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 we, we went into it, and, and it was... Uh, I told Christy, I said, I got tickets. I said, we're going to see the movie, and... You know, we got ready, and we went, and, and we... There was one part of that movie, and it just absolutely got me to the place where I just could have come up shouting out of there. And this is the way God wants us to be. And, and I'm just giving you this example. One of these days, I may show it on the screen for you. But what happened was this evil thing, and I'm not trying to tell you what the whole movie is, but I, I want you to go see it. But, but one, thing about it, one thing about it, this thing just punched... One of the superheroes, and the person never flinched. Never flinched. And I thought, that's how God wants us to be. That's how God wants us to be. I said to myself, that's how you want us to be, God. That when, when, the, when, the, when the enemy punches at us, and when the principalities and the powers and rulers of darkness come our way, well, all we have to do is stand. Because let me tell you something. We have on the armor of God, and the armor of God protects us. Some of you are getting whooped upon, and you don't need to get whooped upon. You need to stand on the promise to understand that God has this. My God will meet all your needs according to his riches and glory. Psalm 50, 15 says this, And call on me in the day of trouble, and I will deliver you. And you will honor me. Does it say that he might? He says that he will. He says, I call upon, I'm telling you about the promises of God. The place where the promises are, are in the word of God. When you come up against it, what you have to do is don't call the psychic hotline. Or don't go get a, a, a fortune teller to tell you anything about yourself. You go to God and the word of God will stand. But you don't know where I'm at. It still works. He says right here, he says, Call on me on the day of trouble, except if you're having marital trouble, because I don't do that. He says, Call upon me in the day of trouble when um, you can't pay your electric bill. Uh, Call on me other than that because I don't do electric bills. Call on me on the day of trouble... Except when you feel lonely. Because I, I don't really specialize in those things. He says there, he says, call on me in the day of trouble and I. He didn't say anybody else. He didn't say the angels. He didn't say God. He said, I will deliver thee. 
And thou shalt glorify, glorify me. Psalm 50, 15. Now here's the thing. You can't take that literally. Really. Yes, you can. You have to stand on it. You have to stay where the place of the promise is. And that's in God and in the Word of God. Let me give you another one. In, in James chapter 5, 14 and, uh, 14 and 15. He says, if anyone... He says, if anyone among you is sick, let them call upon the elders of the church, pray over them, and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. Verse 15 says, and the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. And the Lord will raise them up. If they have sin, they will be forgiven. If anyone among you is sick, have them call for the elders of the church. Pray over them. Anoint them with oil. He says, and faith will make the sick person well. Faith. Faith is the place of the promise. We have to have faith. We have to have faith to believe. It's amazing. I'm not smart enough to come up with a message like this. Because let me tell you something. This is... This is divine revelation from God that if we stay where the place of the promise is then we can stay well we can stay whole we can stay exactly where God wants us because it is in the word of God now are you going to go through things yes you are because let me tell you something John Sandy and I were talking about this on Wednesday night I said what is amazing to me uh, I said you get these young preachers who think they know everything and haven't gone through nothing I used to be one of them there people. You've got to stand on the promises. Walking in divine health. If you're going through something in your life, you must stand on the word of God. And the new word is called chillax. It's a cross mix between chill and relax. Chillax, it's called. And, and see, we don't do that. We go into panic mode. But uh, let me help you to understand something. <clears throat> is God the author of panic? Is he? No, he's not. He is not the author of panic. He's not the author of confusion. He's, a, he's the author of organization. And he is not the author of panic. So when people pride themselves, they pride themselves because there's such panic and horror that, that comes over people. And we are children of the Most High God. And that's not how and, and who we are. That's not who we're supposed to be. Because what you have to do is understand that God has this. He has your life. He has it. God has you. God has a plan for your life. The enemy wants to destroy your life and your hopes and your dreams. You know what I tell you? 
Don't let him. Absolutely do not let him. I hope you understand what I'm saying. Do not let him destroy your life. Learn to walk in the abundance of God. Learn to walk in the freedom of the understanding of God in your life. Stay where the promises are. So where are the promises? The Word of God. The promises are in the Word of God that are hidden where? In our hearts. Stand to your feet. God is faithful. God is faithful. God is faithful. Can you sing? Or are you busy? <laughs> Yeah.